0: to do a, a short kind of 10, 15-minute workshop and a responsive impartation. Does that sound all right to you? Am I making anyone nervous? Um, you've already made me nervous. You've mixed up the order of the morning. Uh, Darren Spill, come and give us some headlines. We're, we're going to get this down properly with moving music uh, and uh, great camera work. But in the meantime, this, we just want to get some some fresh news while the bread is warm out the oven. Let's welcome Darren
1: Hi, church family. Um, Just before I share what I'm going to share, can I just say this has happened over five years. I was looking back at it. Five years I've been in the middle of my illness. Some of you know about what happened with me. But I just reflecting when we were saying about God's faithfulness and prayer, how many people in this group and outside this group have prayed for me over that time? I just want to thank you for those prayers. God hears every prayer. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know... um, about uh, five years ago, 2015. I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, by the way, because we've got it in the Ashburnham book, so if you want to know in depth, it's in there. But um, I had a... uh, I was feeling really quite ill when I left the high-powered job. Uh, That was my response to not feeling very well, and uh, I was only at that job a short while before I had a mini... What they call a mini stroke, a TIA. Um, And that was just to really point out in me that there was something else going on, and... uh, Following scans, um, I had scans and they found legions at the top of my spine, around my brain, and uh, that in turn started to explain how and why I was getting ill. And I was. It turned out I had MS, I was getting very tired, I had to reduce my job's hours, and it just changed my whole life, really. And if I'm honest with you, I was very frustrated with God, I was very angry with God, I didn't know what my future was. And I felt like I was holding on by the tips of my fingers. The truth was, God's word says that he inscribes us on the palms of his hands in Isaiah. And when I first got saved, he gave me a scripture from Matthew that talks about how Jesus says, I hold you in the palm of my hand. That was the truth, even though I couldn't see it at the time. Anyway, now the good news. I went to Ashburnham, which I didn't want to go to, uh, but I went because my friend Merv was going. I wanted to encourage him um, and ended up getting healed at Ashburnham. And again, there's a lot more detail in here. Um, And when this guy prayed for me and uh, said, Jesus says, and he didn't know me from Adam, um, he said, you've got a spine of steel in Jesus' name. Now, I forgot he'd said that. And I sat down and my wife said to me, Carol said to me, what, what did he, didn't he say something about your spine? And I said, oh, he did. He said, in Jesus' name, you've got a, a spine of steel. And I said, yeah, he did. And then she said, well, God is saying it is finished. Yeah. In that split second, I kid you not, it was like light and day, something happened in me. Now, at the time, I thought it was just how I was feeling and stuff, but I knew I was healed, and I turned to Cohen and said, I'm healed. Actually, I want to dance. I didn't even want to go, and now I want to dance. Um, But, of course, that was wonderful, and I knew I was healed and told lots of people, but as we say in this article in the Ashburn thing, I still went through the process of having my appointments with uh, East Surrey Hospital and my neurologist and what have you, And I had my scan uh, about four or five weeks ago, and I met, I got a letter which I brought with me. It's just here from the NHS. And it basically says, What legions? It's normal. They're gone. How does that happen? You know, I've got it it officially. So thank you, Jesus. Praise God. but I have to leave you with this last thing. When I saw the neurologist last week, um, clearly he's not a Christian, bless him. Um, but I didn't know what I was going to say. How am I going to deal with... How's he going I didn't think about how he's going to deal with it. And Carol and I walked into the neurologist. He's a lovely guy. And he looked at me and he went, what are we going to do with you? <laughs> he didn't have anything to say, bless him. I told him what had gone on at Ashburnham. And... Um, yeah, he, he was, he's dealing with that now. So I, my prayer is that God is working in his mind, say, how does this happen, you know? But it happens because God loves us and God is a healer. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well
0: done. Thank you. Wow. So this morning, our topic is how to heal the sick. Um, we share stories like that, knowing, hey, this week we've had precious friends in hospital, sickness in our own house. Longer term, it's confusing. We've got precious people here in this church family who are living with what seem to be life-long issues in their lives. And at the same time, we're seeing some beautiful breakthroughs with Darren and with others uh, that we're hearing. With all of that going on, we just want to come with a simple childlike confidence, as Chris said this morning, just to come before the God who loves us and say, Jesus, would you help us? and would equip us to help others. Um, It's a deliberate, this year, repositioning of ourselves. I love that song in Macca. I had us singing just now, I'll rest in your promises. And one of the promises is that Jesus is the healer. And uh, I I want to rest in that promise. I can't, uh, no amount of striving is going to make it happen on my part. No amount of putting my shoulder into it. Yeah, there's some things I can do. I'm going to hear about those in a moment. I'm going to put myself in a position where God might just do something. But I I can't. He or anyone, and, and nor can you, but I am going to rest in his promises. Resting also speaks of uh, of, of, of establishing. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to build my home, my base camp. My expectation on the basis of God is a healer. That's where I'm, I'm going to make my home and live. I, I hope you're with me on that as well. So just for a few minutes, um, let's have a little look at some of this together. And as I say, then we'll do a, a workshop a bit, a bit later on before we go for tea and coffee. And we will make time to pray with those today. But our desire really is that we equip one another to go out from here. um, carrying this beautiful presence of Jesus. One of our 2020 uh, goals this year is to pray for more people outside of the church than we've ever done before, Uh, praying that people would encounter Jesus and be healed, people that don't yet know Jesus. For me, I felt God speak to me about the challenge of of praying for 1,500 people in this way this year. We've we've made a good start. We've we've been sharing stories every week. Um, There's a great little button on our website. You can press on the 2020 page to upload your story if you if you've spoken with someone prayed with someone there are uh, story cards you can you can fill in uh when you've had those kinds of conversation god is changing our posture but i'm aware man i was praying early this morning just aware god every day i'm aware i so quickly go back to not resting in his promises to not living that particular base camp, uh, and I'm, I'm saying, God, would you move me and would you move us from our kind of normal position of lack of courage, of inconsistency, sometimes honestly of, of fear, and certainly a general sense of powerlessness in these areas. I want to become the kind of person that can heal the sick in Jesus' name. We've, we've taught on this stuff before. We're going to keep teaching on it. Today is not... Uh, a a teaching where we look specifically uh, behind uh, the gift of healing and, and uh, what happens when we pray and why does God heal some and not others. That stuff's really, really important. And we teach on that and we will teach on that again today and through March. It's very simple, practical equipping. It's in the book. We want to do it uh, and we want to be trained in it. This is what disciples get trained in. We're, you may say, I'm not that kind of disciple. I'm not that kind of radical disciple, but I think when we read the New Testament, there's only one kind of disciple, and that is followers of Jesus. And followers of Jesus are called to live this way uh, and some of the other ways that we're training in as well. The problem's not with the Scriptures. The problem's with me uh, and my heart and my lack of obedience and my lack of courage at times, if I'm being honest. One of the phrases we've been using over the last... Two, three years as we've approached uh, 2020 is this. You never can tell in the plan of God where simple steps of courageous obedience may take you. You never can tell in the plan of God where simple steps of courageous obedience may take you. My simple steps of courageous obedience are taking me somewhere where I'm not comfortable and it's not normal, but I'm going to learn to rest there. My simple steps of courageous obedience meant again with a guy at the running club on Monday night whilst running hard doing 10k and I thought, Lord, how's this happened where well, it just comes from saying daily God, I, I want to be in this place. Uh, my simple steps of courageous obedience means still now it 's the beginning of March at 1:40 every day. my January prayer week alarm still goes off in March, reminding me to pray for hundreds of people to be saved, hundreds of people to be healed through this year, people that Jesus loves so much my simple steps courageous obedience I I can't let up on that I've got to keep praying and asking until I rest in those promises where are the simple steps of courageous obedience going to take you you could nudge the person next to you and ask them that if you want to. Um, When Canada had the privilege of this uh, sabbatical last summer, for part of it, we walked a part of the Camino de Santiago in the north of Spain, walked from Bilbao to Santander, about 30 kilometers uh, a day. I think on day three, we were leaving Castro Udiales. Is that right? I think so. I still remember the route. Uh, And uh, walking along the Bay of Biscay, beautiful, bright blue, hot, sunshiny day, stunning scenery. And we're about five kilometers in, walking, talking, holding hands. And uh, behind uh, the seafront further around the coast, there was a little range of little mountains, but mountains nonetheless. And although it was a blue sky day, uh, over the top of this front mountain was, was, was this The clouds had gathered over the top. It was like the Shekinah glory of God uh, over over Mount Hermon or something, if you're looking for an Old Testament picture. Uh, And uh, while we were stopping, just having a drink out of our water bottles, Kaz said to me... uh, we're not going up there, are we? Uh, and uh, you know it's coming, don't you? Uh, and I said, no, 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 where are we going up there? Um, is it, we're following a route. It's going to be fine. And uh, I don't think we're going that far anyway. It's miles in the distance. But even if we are, the trail will go through, you know, there'll be a pass or something. We're not going to go up and over a mountain. Don't be crazy. All kinds of people do this walk. It's not going to go over the mountain. Um, about four and a half hours later, um, we were <laughs> we were puffing and blowing at the top of the very same mountain, and uh, in up in the the shikana clouds, and uh, it was amazing. As we stood up on the top there, um, the clouds parted and cleared, and, and we just we just t- turned around, you know, like a 360 at, at the top of this mountain, and we saw right down back along the the Bay of Biscay, the cliff tops. Uh, the long path that we walked, not just that morning, but in the two or three previous days. And uh, Kaz said to me, look how far we've come. And it was one of those God moments. Actually, for us, it was very personal. We were just aware in our own, in our marriage in family life, kids growing up, the churches we've had, the privilege of serving our time here in Crawley. It was just, it was just one of those moments where God stopped us in our tracks and and we said, oh, God, you've, you've brought us so far, safely, faithfully. You've brought us so far. We're just so grateful. We walked on. We sang some old uh, worship songs from Bible Weeks that we've got on cassette still somewhere um, and all that kind of it stuff. Was, it was a wonderful personal thing. Friends, let me tell you, we've got some mountains in our 2020 vision. Hey, Carlos, great to see you. Bonjour. It's good to see you. if you speak Portuguese, Romanian, Russian, any other language, you're so welcome here today. Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. We've got these mountains that we're facing with some of our 2020 kingdom goals. The mountain of healing is right here. In front of us right now. And some of you I know are sitting here saying, as I am, we're not going up there, are we? And you're hoping someone will say, No, no, no. We'll just skirt around it. Let me tell you, by the end of this year, I I prophesy over you, you will be able to say, if you want to walk with Jesus in this, look how far we've come. Do you you want to be a disciple that would say that by the end of the year? Just put your hand up now. Let's just pray, Lord Jesus, would you take us on your journey? Would you equip us? Lord, we have no idea how to climb this mountain. In in fact, it daunts us. It frightens us. But God, with your help, with your Spirit's help, right now, as we so many raise their hands around this room, let faith come now that we might be able to take courageous steps of faithful obedience. Amen. Amen. How to pray for the sick. Well, this morning, we're, I, I don't want to give loads of information. We, we really want impartation because uh, we want to get out there. We want to carry something away. 2020 is not about inviting people to our healing meetings where there might be a few so-called experts that help us, although we'll have some opportunities for that. We've got some wonderful grace gifts amongst us and around us. Any Sunday, you can invite your friends. We'll pray for the sick. I think Maundy Thursday, the Thursday that begins the Easter weekend, we're having a healing service. We've got our victory weekend with a crowd of young YWAMers in May. some opportunities to invite people to pray, uh, to come in and be prayed for if they're sick. But we are an up in and out kind of church upward in our love for Jesus, inward in our love for one another, but outward in our thrust of carrying away his love and his goodness and his kindness and his power. And you and I, that have just raised our hands, get the privilege of carrying away the presence and the life of Jesus. Jesus said, Freely you've received, now freely. If that is the kingdom principle that is at work behind the up in and out idea. God heals today, still, uh, through, especially through weak and ordinary people like us I love Darren's story a guy he didn't know and then sitting down and and Carol just saying to him hey God's healing you in that I think this is crazy it's a normal moment it wasn't there wasn't a light breaking through a dove from above coming down from heaven it was a moment where his wife reminded him of something a stranger had said and suddenly faith rose in Darren and something began to change in his body we have a, a saviour, Jesus Christ in the Gospels, who is supernatural in his birth, in his life, in his actions, in his words, uh, in his character, in his death, in his resurrection, uh, and in his ascension, and in the giving of his, his spirit. And we have in this same saviour, Jesus Christ Christ. A Savior who deliberately trains and sends and expects his followers to live in the same power. He promises that in the coming age of the Spirit, and we're now in the age of the Holy Spirit, he says, we will do even greater things than these, than the things he did because he is going to the Father. As John 14, 12 tells us that. If there's a gap between Jesus saying you'll do greater things and our actual experience in life, then I need to change as a disciple. The gap is not the Lord's fault. Um, Discipleship is about me pulling myself into line with the clear commands of Jesus Christ. I come into the line with the biblical norm. I don't try and pull the Bible into the line with my normal life experience. That's how disciples live. It's not the other way around. If I'm going to be more like Jesus by the end of 2020, then I am going to grow in this area of healing the sick. I, I trust you'll grow with me. Just look briefly at some encounters with Jesus. Let faith rise in you. And then we'll worship before we come back for a workshop. Is there someone with really nice writing? Quickly, come and help me. Nick Cameron, come and help me. You've got beautiful writing. Thank you so much for volunteering. Um, Nick, just, just pull this into the middle. I just need you to write out the scriptures, I'm going to say. That's all. It's literally, that's all. Um, Uh, take some notes. This is old-fashioned this morning. Do you know there's nothing on the big screen? I've got a blank screen behind me. Can you just write these scriptures down? Read them this week. Pray them through this week. Say, Jesus, put me, see yourself in these passages. These are some of the little summary passages. Matthew 9.35 is the first one. Um, we often skip over these. We, 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 some of us know the, the, the amazing healing stories. These are some of the little summarising moments in the Gospels. Matthew 9:35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Say every. I don't think that that little summary passage implies that everyone was healed, although I suspect probably everyone who came to Jesus that day was healed. But it says he healed every kind of disease and sickness. Certainly it's saying there is no disease and there is no sickness that is immune to the authority of Jesus Christ. There's no demonic pressure that is immune to the authority of Jesus Christ. Every kind of disease and sickness Jesus dealt with. Matthew 14, 14. Thanks, Nick. That's lovely. You write well. Um, maybe you know the story where Jesus feeds the 5,000. Incredible story. But if you just read back before that, when, before Jesus fed them, he healed them. Matthew 14:14 14, 14 tells us when Jesus landed in, in the boat, he saw a large crowd, 5,000 men plus women and children. He had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Isn't that amazing? So often in the encounters with Jesus in the scriptures, it's compassion that is the trigger. Um, Hannah Blackburn put a great word in our weeks of prayer early on at the start of the year about looking with the eyes of Jesus and and just sensing the heart of Jesus as we walk through the town, as we meet with our friends, our colleagues, people at work, people in our homes. Jesus, what are you feeling as you look at this situation? It's so often compassion that triggers the healing power of of, of Jesus um, as he moves. Moves around We want the same compassion. Mark 6, 54 um, to 56. Soon after this, Mark tells us, as soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They may not know who we are, but boy do we want Crawley to recognize Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region. This is the crowds. And they carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, Jesus, into villages, towns or countryside. They placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. Everyone who touched Jesus. In that crazy revival scene, was healed. Uh, and again, as we're praying, as you're praying for your life, and I'm praying for my life, may we be those who carry people to Jesus. The point of my 140 alarm every day is that I'm praying for scores of people that I'm carrying to the Lord in my prayers. There may be an opportunity for me even to pray with them at some point, trusting for that. But in the meantime, may we carry many to Jesus in our prayers by going out to them. Maybe it's in your home or your workplace. Maybe you will invite someone to one. Of our meetings here, remember everyone who touched Jesus was healed. No, the other side of that would be no one who gets near to Jesus ever goes away disappointed. Hey, you may be disapp- you'll be disappointed many times with my ministry. Let me just, if you haven't worked that out already, uh, you will do at some point. I will disappoint you, the rest of the team will disappoint you, anyone who stands on this platform will disappoint you, but Jesus will never send you away disappointed. Can I hear an amen to that? To the second part, not the first part. Um, I'll try my best not to disappoint you. uh, Just a couple more. Luke 4.40. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law and uh, because none of the guys in the room could cook dinner. She got up and made food for them. Um, And it says then, Luke 4.40, when the sun was setting... This one for the ladies there. Um, when the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. Laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Various kinds of sickness, um, even the undiagnosed or the unclear, or the I, I've got uh, we've got scans of some legions, but we're not quite sure what that means. Hey, even if you don't have a clear diagnosis, Jesus lays hands on you and you get healed. Uh, Just over a year ago, I was diagnosed with uh, complex regional pain syndrome, CRPS. They gave me some antidepressants to block the pain signals in my nerves and some prescription painkillers. And they told me I was going to have to manage a lifelong pain condition. And honestly, I was getting through to lunchtime and either in so much pain that I had to sleep uh, or I was taking uh, uh, pills that were so strong that I got to the afternoon and I wasn't much used to anyone anyway. I went, if sorry if English isn't your first language, by the afternoon I was doolally, if that makes sense. If not, nudge an English first language speaker and ask them what doolally means. Um, I can honestly say that over the two to three months when I got prescribed uh, the pills and the diagnosis was given to me, Jesus has healed me. Uh, it's remarkable. I, I've never opened the bag of pills that they gave me. I've never taken the medication that they gave me. I was given a diagnosis, but but between February and Easter, the pain uh, that had been growing and growing and growing was completely removed as as Jesus healed me. Let me just say to you, Church, today, if you're new here today, if you've just walked in through the doors and You think, what am I doing here today? Whether you have an undiagnosed condition, whether there's something going on in your body that even the doctors are scratching their heads about, if you come to Jesus today, he will heal you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Luke 6, 17-19. Jesus went and stood with the crowd. A large crowd of his disciples were there. People from all over Jerusalem, Judea, the coast of Tyre and Sidon. People had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured and all the people tried to touch him because power was coming out from him and healing them all. I don't know what power coming out from Jesus looked like. I don't know if it was kind of like you know proper kind of fiery hands or whether it was just the fact that people all around him were getting healed and therefore... They recognized power was coming out from him, but they were healed. In fact, the Bible says here they were cured. Cured is a better word, uh, I think, than than I feel better now. Cured is a better word than I'm in remission or I'm waiting to see what's going to happen. Cured is a letter from the NHS that says we can't find any trace any longer of what was so evidently in your body and causing you lifelong sickness. Cured, be free, be clean. These are the kinds of things that Jesus speaks about. Wow. Let me just finish here. Um, I, I tell these stories. We can all agree with them if we're followers of Jesus, but we still look at our own lives and we say, I, I don't know that you could use me in this way. Uh, and we struggle with disappointment, with, with our own frustration, with situations in our own lives that have, uh, have not turned out as we'd hoped. Even for some of us at times, uh, as believers, we can effectively be like unbelievers in this area. Um, That was my own story. I'm sure I've told you many times about Sophie, a lady in the first church we planted, who had a fibroid in her womb that meant she looked like she was seven months pregnant. In her early 30s, they... Her that she was going to have a hysterectomy. We prayed for her in a little small group full of friends from uh, African origins a- and uh, two weeks later, Sophie, uh, we were back with the group again. Sophie had seen the consultant and she said, the consultant doesn't know what to do because the fibroid is shrinking. Everyone began to cheer and celebrate in the room. I turned to the nurse and the surgeon to my right and my left and began to ask them, I- is there a reason why this is happening? Do these things shrink sometimes? Just wanted to protect Sophie, make sure we're not claiming something that isn't happening while everyone else is cheering Sophie cut across it she looked at me as I'm looking at Richard Bailey now she pointed her finger she's a lovely gentle honoring lady she said pastor you must believe the Lord is healing me and she as she wagged her finger at me I, I felt like the Lord lift and break something off me in terms of unbelief not only my unbelief which is sin by the way but that I was lead, trying to lead others into unbelief uh, as well what do we do when we diagnose sin in our lives we repent I I repented there and then. I asked her to forgive me. I asked the Lord to forgive me. I came back to Jesus with a weak, childlike faith. And I promised to trust him in this area of healing and deliverance. Sophie was completely healed, by the way, over the next month. And since then, 18 years ago, I've got a notebook full of hundreds of stories uh, where I've seen Jesus work just through me, never mind others, in the area of healing and deliverance. Look how far we've come. Would be one of my stories. So, why don't you stand with me for a moment? Emeka, can you come back and help us? We're invited to come out of, un- Thank you, Nick. To come out of unbelief, disappointment, fear, into the adventures that Jesus calls us to in His name. He's still doing miracles. John's Gospel says He's uh, uh, if, if all the if all the miracles that Jesus did were written down, there wouldn't be enough books in the whole world to record them. As you put your hand up earlier, I had a sense of uh, of the Lord. He wants to. New chapters, new stories with people like you and me this year. Why don't we lift our hands to the Lord? Lord, I recognize I'm just taking tentative steps of obedience. I I repent of fear. I repent of the sin of unbelief. God, I give you all my disappointment and frustration, even my anger with you, God, when when I've cried out to you for this situation in my life or my friend or my family and it doesn't seem like you heard my prayer. Would you help me again? Lord, in spite of all of that experience of life, to rest in your promises, to begin to trust you again with a childlike faith. Lord, we give you cynicism. Oh God, thank you. Thank you. And we ask right now, Lord, even as we worship you, we just ask for a release of the gift of faith from Jesus. Lord, I pray even as we worship, Lord, we're not even getting to the ministry time just yet. But if there are people here that are sick right now, just begin to release your healing power and life. We pray for those that are not in the building, those that are not even well enough to come today, those that are in hospital right now. Release your beautiful presence, Jesus. Oh, thank you. We pray for those guests here that don't yet know you. Jesus, I come to know you over these next few minutes as you make yourself known. Just express your own prayer to the Lord as the team is in worship. I just said to the bandy, happy, just hanging around, looking awkward, just while we do a very brief workshop. Nick, can I borrow you again? Is that all right? Just to say, uh, there's some stuff here. If you're coming for prayer, if you just want to come out of the nose later, got a few resources that I always use. Loads of great books on healing. Mark Stibby's simple little book, One Touch from the King. If you only ever buy one book, on, one book on healing, well worth buying. Got some Bibles and Mark's Gospels that often give away if I've spoken to people or asked Jesus to touch their life. Got some little prayer cards and cards that explain the Gospel. We're just talking a moment about praying the Gospel. If you think you might use some of these, uh, some Get Prayer, some Share Your Story cards. These are for you, by the way. Um, church to fill in as you step out with courage if you think you might use any of those just come and take them please apart from my one copy of Mark Stibbe's if you really need it take it but let me know um, and I'll get another one so uh, I don't need to recap because we're in the in the zone Um, just going to look very simple uh, simply about how do we practice this kind of stuff remember outside of the church we're not talking about church ministry times although it's great to practice in here I guess you know on those uh, kids TV programs where they say don't try this at home Um, I'm saying to you today do try this at home okay do in your workplace appropriately with your friends at the school gate Um, so uh, often I I just start by asking questions of people whether it's a stranger on the street where I feel I'm just going to go chat to that guy sat on a bench in in the town centre or or whether it's a friend at the running club on a Monday night or uh, somewhere else Holy Spirit would you help me to ask good questions. I'm, I'm, I'm not there to hammer them with the gospel. I'm just looking for you to open up an opportunity. Remember, Jesus cares so deeply. About the person, it's it's his compassion that has been triggered. Jesus said, "The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor." Jesus is the one who's so ready to express his love by binding up the brokenhearted. Uh, so, if I don't know the person's name, I'll, I'll ask their name. You can write these down. These are, I tell you, this is this is literal, basic how to how to heal the sick this morning. Okay. So again, if you think this will help you, write them down as Nick writes them down. Ask their name. And I always ask the question, if I'm chatting, whether it's with a friend, the guy I was running with on Monday night, I asked him this specific question. What do you want Jesus to do for you? It's a really good question. To, we ask it in church, actually, as well. But it's a great question to ask out of church. If Jesus cares about that person, I believe as they begin to express their need, Jesus hears, he begins to grow faith in them. Anne, can you just come and share quickly what you told me? You, you kind of, um, I, just come and tell us. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was reminded this morning about, you know, stepping out in in faith and that it's our faith that heals us. Um, My manager at work um, in her 40s last year got diagnosed with bowel cancer. Um, Being treated at the Royal Marsden, they put her on a trial, said we won't actually do the operation, we'll give you chemo. Um, We're trialling it to see whether it has the same results as doing the operation and chemo. Um, obviously, she was devastated. Um, shortly after she was diagnosed, um, I was going to Jerusalem, and I said to her that I'm I'm writing a note um, and I'm going to leave it in the Wailing Wall um, of prayers that for healing for people, um, you know, for myself and for people that I know. Um, but I said, if you would like to write a note yourself. I won't open it. If you give it to me in a sealed envelope, I will put it in the wailing wall for you. It's an act of faithfulness um, to show Jesus that you have faith that he that he will heal you. She um, says, I don't know. She comes from a Catholic background. She's half Portuguese, not practising Catholics, just goes back down the line. And she sort of says, Oh I don't know, um, you know, my nan used to believe in things like this and my mum kind of does, but Oh, I don't know, I don't know. I said, it's completely up to you. I leave it to you. Um, The day before I went, she handed me a sealed envelope, um, and I placed that in the wailing wall for her. Um, Anyway, she has now got the complete all clear. They did a colonoscopy last week, and they said they even had trouble finding where any of the scar tissue was or anything. It was completely gone and she is completely healed so i think her stepping out in faith spoke volumes um and i know she she praises jesus for that
0: yes. well done thank you so much uh, remember, we don't do county cricket clapping when we celebrate healing miracles and, and breakthroughs. So it's always good to say, hey, what do you want Jesus to do or to invite someone? What, what are you asking? What are you asking God to do? And so even saying, would you like to write down what you'd like Jesus to do? I think it's such a great step of faith. And, and you're inviting someone else to begin to put their trust in Jesus. Um, I'll always ask if I'm praying with someone, I'll ask, are you in pain, particularly outside of the church? Are you in pain right now? Um, and if they say yes, I'll, I'll. if you've ever had me pray with you, you'll recognize this. I'll usually say, can you tell me how much pain? And, it's hard for us to figure how much pain is. So I will say, is is it kind of one out of ten? You know, not much at all, or nine, ten out of ten? You know, kind of champagne supernova level of of pain. You've got to remember, factor in that when when men say it's a seven out of ten, it's really probably a two or a three. Uh, when women when women say it's a five or a six, they're in serious pain. Uh, they're just they're just stronger girls, I'm afraid. Um, so, girl power morning this morning. So I'll always ask people. I remember a couple of years ago, I was on the streets in uh, in Greenwich, uh, and I uh, met a fella there, uh, I said, how, how are you? My name's Steve. What's your name? Uh, he told me his name. I said, Is there anything that I can ask Jesus to do for you today? Are you sick? Is there anyone in your family that's sick? He said, Oh, it's funny, I should meet you. I've just been off work for two weeks with, with back pain, and, and I don't know when I'm going to get back anytime soon. I'm not earning money. I said, Can I ask Jesus to heal you? He said, Yeah, okay. I asked him, what, What's the where are you at pain otherwise? He said, Seven out of ten probably a five on the male scale. Uh, and uh, even as he was telling me the pain level, he said, oh, actually, it's getting better while I'm talking to you. I hadn't even prayed at this point. And uh, he got even, even just the act of beginning to ask these questions. Jesus is present. He began to heal him. By the time we prayed 60 seconds later, he said, I can't really feel any pain. He was bending, touching his his toes. Asking asking for a level of, of, of pain just helps us assess is something happening. When we prayed, we can ask some questions. It releases faith in the prayer and in the person who doesn't yet know Jesus, they begin to become aware, oh yes, yeah, something is happening, um, as they recognize their own pain levels are decreasing. And then I'll always pray, and I want to involve them uh, in that. I'll always say, I'm, I'm going to pray for you right now. People get very nervous. I prayed for a lady at the football club. Um, A couple of weeks ago, uh, and uh, said, I'm going to pray for you now. Uh, And she looked terrified. I said, "Don't worry. I'm not going to get down on my hands and knees and close my eyes and whatever people may imagine prayers are like um, in churches." I said, "I'm I'm just going to I'm just going to pray for you now, like we're having a conversation. If someone walks in the room, they'll just think we're talking to one another. That that's how I'm going to do it outside the church. Don't you dare begin to lay hands on them in the office or Hey, I love the gift of tongues and languages that the Holy Spirit gives. been praying hardcore in tongues this morning, but I'm not going to pray over my friend at the football club in that way and freak them out. I want them to meet Jesus, and so I'm going to honor them and, and, and offer them a, a dignified moment where, sorry Nick, um, where I, I'm just going to pray for them gently and simply. What am I praying? Nick, you're doing so well here. It's amazing. No, it's good. Uh, what am I praying? I'm praying the gospel. Um, I'm going to pray a short prayer. And I'm going to pray the good news about Jesus Christ. I want Jesus to be the focus, not the problem that they're facing. Sometimes, uh, it happens in church all the time. People come forward, I say, oh, what's the problem? They, they spend 20 minutes telling you their problem, and we both feel terrible afterwards. We both feel awful. Okay, Jesus is our focus. We're coming to Jesus, not coming for me to sort out their problem. That's not so much an issue outside of the church. Um, all these miracles we heard about earlier were, happened because Jesus was present. So we just thank Jesus. We welcome his presence. Always, I just take 10 seconds to say, Jesus, thank you that you love my friend so much that you demonstrated that love by dying for them on the cross, even though they've got their back turned to you, even though they don't live with reference to you. I thank you that you love them nonetheless. and You've shown your love through dying on the cross. And because of that, I'm praying now that you would demonstrate your love in this very real way by releasing healing. Would you show them that you care? Would you show them that you want a relationship with you? May this breakthrough be a sign. That's how I'm praying. You can work that out in your own, in your own words. Um, there was a lady I prayed for in February 2017 in another uh, city called Monica. Um, she just had surgery to re- remove uh, tumors. And as I prayed with her in that way, very simple, she had her eyes open. She looked frightened, and then she looked quite amazed and peaceful. She said, it's like liquid love is pouring through me while you're saying those words. It was amazing. She wasn't yet a believer. I went back in, in November 2017. What's that? Eight months later um, she was completely medically cancer free she was born again and she was baptized and a part of the local church it just happened by saying what do you want Jesus to do for you today and welcoming the presence of Jesus um, and and introducing them uh, to him bringing someone into a relationship or even an awareness of a relationship with Jesus is a far greater goal for me than ticking off some healing boxes that healing is a sign. The Bible says it's a sign and a wonder. What the signs do? They point to something greater. The signposts point to the greater reality of Jesus. So, man, we're, we're going after healing. We're praying for healing. We're going to pray in just a moment for healing. But, but what we rejoice most in is that people are drawn into a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you're praying for your friend outside, as I say, please pray with your eyes open. Pray short prayers. Don't lay your hands all over them unless they ask. Just be open. Here's here's one to write down, Nick. Um, Be open to the maybe other things that God wants to do as you're praying. Remember, he loves the person. He knows what's going on in your life and in their lives right now. Um, He's not coming with a narrow viewpoint that you or I have. Okay, they've said they've got a bad knee. I'm praying about a knee. He may have something else that he wants to do. Many times we've seen this. I remember praying for a lady called Anna with a a back uh, problem and the Lord gave me a word of knowledge that she'd lost uh, an infant son, had died. And I asked her, and she said, yes. She'd been told by her husband, you suck it up and get on with life. She'd never grieved. And so that day, I don't think I knee got healed, but God began to, to heal her broken heart. I remember praying November 2017. You can tell I've been back through my notes, this, my notebook this morning. Prayed for a guy called Lewis. He came forward with his wife with an issue in their marriage. Uh, I heard it for two minutes. I put my hand on his shoulder. This was in church, to say, okay, I'm going to pray about your marriage now. And he said, oh, hallelujah. And I said, what's happened? He said, oh, I'm, I'm a waiting neck surgery my neck's just been healed as he touched me but man you came forward for your marriage to be sorted out and Jesus had something else in mind that he wanted to do just be open to what the Holy Spirit may want to do with your friends okay and here as we move towards praying here's where the you just need some courage from the Holy Spirit we don't pray long none of Jesus's prayers in the Gospels are long in fact Jesus doesn't pray very well can I say that don't quote me on that. Okay, when we looked in our series a couple of years ago, all the healing encounters with Jesus—he doesn't even pray. He says, "Be clean, come out, get up, uh, be well, be cured." Uh, those kinds of statements. Jesus commands. He has all authority. So we pray some simple prayers. We welcome His presence. Sometimes things happen immediately. Sometimes it comes quick. Just keep watching keep listening. I remember praying for a lady called Maria. She was waiting for a cataract operation. Her eyes were grey and glazed over thick cataracts over about 90 seconds as I on the presence of Jesus. I, I saw her eyes clear and become normal. It was just extraordinary. I remember praying with Chris. Uh, we were in uh, Geneva, in northwest Italy with a team of young people doing some street evangelism. I went over to pray for some uh, skaters uh, all with their skateboards uh, in the city center. Uh, I said, is there anything I Can pray for the kind of lead lad in the group lifted up his shirt and he's covered in you know his ribs are all dented and bruises and and oozing uh holes in his side and so I just began to pray for him him and his mates they were all messing around a little bit while I prayed but a few seconds in I, I as he was staring at me as I prayed for him I saw him jump and and he lifted up his shirt and began to pat his side I thought hello I've got some discernment something's happening here and uh so uh, here's another thing you can do. When you pray for 30 seconds, just stop and say, is, is something happening? Are you aware that anything's happening? Uh, it was, for me, it was obvious because he jumped and was patting his side again. He said, yeah, the, uh, the marks were all still there, but he said, the pain's, the pain's going, the pain's going. Uh, so always stop and ask, are you feeling anything? Is anything happening? Are you aware of anything in your body right now? Uh, and then obviously uh, what we want to do is you write this down if there's room, pray again. So I just prayed again for 20, 30 seconds. This time him and his mates who'd been mucking around, they all went like this. And uh, in the street, in the city center as I prayed for them. And then they ran to get a bus about a minute later. I have no idea what happened to that guy. But in my second prayer, I'm saying, Jesus, you've shown these lads that you're real. You've shown him that you care. Would you now finish what you've started and would you lead them into a relationship with you? So then, obviously, many times you'll pray with your friends. I've I've got a list of of well over 100 healing miracles I've been involved in, but I must have prayed for for over 1,000 people who haven't been healed. I'm just being honest with you. I don't know why that is yet. I'm just going to keep going. But I'll always say to you, hey, if I've prayed with you today, I, I don't know if anything's happened or not. But I'm just expecting Jesus to show Himself to you. Oftentimes, healings come later. Most of the he- major healings I've seen: um, someone who needed a heart transplant, people who've been struggling with cancer, a terminal brain tumor, an HIV/AIDS patient. I've seen all of those healed, and I was aware of nothing in the moments when I prayed with those people. But as I, uh, but other than a sense of the beautiful presence of Jesus, but in the days and weeks that followed, the healing began to come. So I never send people away disappointed. I'll Always remind them there's nothing inadequate about Jesus. He loves you so much. He's made you for a relationship with him. Thank you so much for letting me pray for you today. If there's a problem, I want them to think there's a problem in me and my praying, not a problem with Jesus Christ, who has no problems whatsoever. Oh, why don't we stand? That was a whistle stop. Nick Cameron, let's just give Nick a round of applause. If you want to come and take a photo with your smartphone in a few minutes, do try This at home. Always I'll say, can I just give you one of these? If you want to read some stories about Jesus the healer, let me give you a Bible. Just be open to what the Holy Spirit may be saying. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray through this month. Lord, whether it's healing, Lord, next week sharing the gospel, acts of kindness, generosity, mercy. Lord, they're all signs that point to you and for my friends and, and our friends For many of them, there'll be different doorways that lead them into a relationship with you. We're praying through this month. You would equip us to signpost Jesus Christ to the thousands around us that don't know you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Meeting you is the goal. So we just pray now. We invite you as we prayed earlier, lifted our hands. We invite you to release gifts of healing uh, amongst us. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you. Just to ask again. Maybe you've walked in this before. I know there are some of you that are specifically saying, I want to grow in this. Some of you that have a high sense of compassion from the Lord. That's often a sign the Lord wants to use you in healing ministry as well. You compassionate people, may the Lord release something, impart something to you right now. Right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Would you release gifts of healing by your Holy Spirit? Yeah. Jesus, you breathed on your disciples. You freely gave so they could freely give away. You said out of us will flow rivers of living water. All these are pictures of your life coming in and flowing out. Lord, we dare to ask you this week, each one of us, Lord, just normal conversations like Anne where she was courageous and said to her friend, can can you write something down that we can ask Jesus to do? Lord, we pray each of us this week would have opportunities to have those kinds of conversations, to take a step of courage, to see what you might just do as we ask a question in the moment. You want to have that opportunity this week? Why don't you just express that in your own words right now? Some of you are so hungry for this. Jesus, use me in my family. Someone in your home right now, you're desperate for Jesus to touch them. <laughs> Maybe it's your neighbor, or work colleague like Anne. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Maybe it's someone